Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Masting Kit Podcast. I'm your host, Masting Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. And my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. And I want to talk a little bit about this imposter syndrome. So I had, so we have a couple mental health professionals on our team and we were discussing this, uh, this workshop series and they both said today or yesterday, you know, Mastin, a lot of people in the Facebook group are talking about imposter syndrome, either directly or indirectly. Does anyone relate to this term? Let me see if I show hands. Of course they can. She said, can I tell you what it is? Yes. So we're going to talk about it literally right now. Next slide. People with imposter syndrome have trouble accepting praise and internalizing their success, and they view their success as due, uh, due to luck or external factors not because of their own skills. Okay, yeah, is that good? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so usually when I bring up a concept, I'll define it, typically. So we're all on the same page. And so I want to talk about this because this shit shows up in career transition. Oh! It shows up big time, okay? Career transition and or starting a business is the same type of idea, okay? And so basically with imposter syndrome, we anticipate rejection and or isolation in all future relationships, which means that no matter what you do now, in the future, you're going to be abandoned or rejected because of your history, okay? And that's informed on by your attachment style to your primary attachment figure. So here's what happens. Oh, my God, I'm not going to be good enough. This is going to be too complicated. It's not going to work. I'm not going to look like I need another certification, whatever. And I stress out. Why? 
because I'm anticipating rejection unless I have this impossible goal, being perfect. If I'm perfect, then I won't get rejected, which is based on our history. And so imposter syndrome, we view it from our perspective as an opportunity to heal attachment patterns. So if you're like, I feel like a fraud, code for time to heal. And what's interesting is there's a high degree of correlation between imposter syndrome and people who have a traumatic history and or marginalization in their history. And that's a lot of our crowd, right? So like if you have a traumatic history or if you have like, you know, if you're like a minority, you know, and you're like around a bunch of privileged people, like you're going to have a systemic imposter syndrome typically. Now, not everybody has that, but it's, if you look at the studies, it's way higher in marginalized groups, in women, and in people who have tra- traumatic histories than anybody else because those are people who tend to get what? Rejected or avoided and not get their needs met. Who follows? This makes sense? What? And traumatized. That's right. And so that's why it's so high, but it's also super high in achievers who have those histories. Does that resonate with anybody in the room? All of us, okay, for the most part. So there's this fancy slide. This is called the imposter cycle. Don't write it down, okay? And here's what happens. So there's this anxiety and worry over like some type of achievement-related task. I'm going to sign up for this course. I'm going to go do a Facebook Live. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to transition a career. And all of a sudden, there's anxiety (gasps) and worry and self-doubt. I can't do it. I'm not going to be enough. They're going to discover me. I'm going to be a fraud. And usually, one of two things happens. There's either over-preparation, where you're like, I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to figure all this shit out, because I'm going to get it perfect, right? Which is good for maybe grades, right? Or there's my take, I do the other side, procrastination. Nah, I'll do it the last week of the semester. Anyone do college like that? I never understood the overprepared people. I'm like, why are you doing all this work so far in advance? You only need like the last two weeks of November to do it, right? At the end of the semester, that was what I, my plan was. Just like, whatever, until right? That's how I did college. I was getting A's in college. I, now, by the way, I dropped out of college because I got my dream job, not because I flunked out, okay? But I was always the procrastinator, and also, I tend to be more responsive anyway because, you know, I'm not wired for executive function skills automatically. I'm more wired for reactivity. But in a sense, you see these two things either being overprepared, like 99%, think about it for your business, right? I'm 99% ready. I need one more study. I need one more certification. I need one more piece of information to know that this time I'm going to get it perfect, And you wonder why you have anxiety. Or I'll do the next one. And here's what happens. If there's an accomplishment because of procrastination or preparation, there is temporarily a feeling of relief. They're like, I did it. However, if there's over-preparation, they don't say because I have a skill. They say, well, because I work so hard. It's more about some external thing. If there's procrastination, it was luck just kind of came together. And what happens is there is positive feedback, but they discount the positive feedback because they say, oh, I just, you know, I just work hard. It's not me. I just work hard. Or it was luck, some version of that. Okay? And then what happens is that's when they're perceived as a fraud by themselves, meaning they're not perfect. They can't get the approval they f***ed up because there's always the next level they can't get to. Because there's an impossible standard based on their attachment style they think they have to get to in order to get the approval and love. And then they go to the next task. 
and around and around and around we go, right? And so I wanted to share this with you guys because this is usually something I would teach inside a program, but because so many people were talking about this overtly or uh, intentionally, I wanted to help you understand there's no amount of over-preparation that will prepare you for the entrepreneurial journey. You got to just f***ing jump. (laughs) And you're going to f*** it up and it's not going to be perfect. And here's the thing is that the coaching program and what we do is we're going to help you learn how to self-regulate and create those secure attachments because we're going to also model that. That's what we're all about. Okay. So you may not get that with your peer group or your family of origin, but that's what this whole group is all about. And it's what we're about. It's what our program is about. It's what our team is about. It's what I'm about is like, there's no like metric that when you get to this place, you're enough. It's like you leaped. Holy shit. That's enough. And also for the people who are procrastinators, you want to know when most people sign up for a course? Last day. I want to know who these people are. Like, who are the people at like 11.55, they got their credit card out, and they're like, uh, duh, uh, ah, uh, 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 okay, go. You know, like, who are those people, right? I wish they could like film it all, you know? And so the goal here is, is that in business, you got to get beyond this to realize that when you have a secure attachment, imposter syndrome and a secure attachment can't coexist. You can fluctuate between the two. But the idea is, is that with a secure attachment, you're going to mess it up. But you can come back on track, like we talked about in the last workshop. Who follows? Does this make sense? Is this helpful, guys, by the way? Okay, cool. And by the way, you'll get this in the slides, okay? Now, some things that trigger imposter syndrome. So excited for this one. Okay, anytime you learn a new skill. Anytime. Anybody learning a new skill? Okay, probably getting triggered. Okay. Increasingly complex tasks. When you do harder shit, you're like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not enough. I got to do it perfectly the first time. Versus, all right, let's go fuck this one up a bunch until we get it right, which is basically my approach. Okay. Also, when you have decreased contact with peer or family support networks, and what starts to happen is you become, especially an entrepreneurial skill set, it's harder to identify with people that you're used to identifying with. They're not bad people. They just don't know how necessarily to relate to you in this new effort unless you train them to encourage you whether or not they agree with you. Right? It's ha- <laughs> There's a, that would be a whole other course. <laughs> right? But the idea is, is that like, you know, it's sort of lonely as an entrepreneur. And one of the things that's hard to talk about is there are a lot of mental health correlations decrease in mental health associated with entrepreneurship because it's so isolating. And it's another reason why we do it socially in cohorts is because we want to decrease isolation at all costs. Who follows? Does this make sense? And so we know that you're going to have a decreased contact probably with certain peer groups or family groups as you build your business, which is why we build this group so that you can have an attachment. And it's not us versus them because what's going to happen usually is people come to us for business advice. They work out their attachment shit and their family dynamics and, and relationships change. And they're like, holy shit, I didn't realize that. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. Who follows? Right? And so what happens is they come in all disorganized, anxious, and avoidant, but they come out relatively secure. And then that sometimes and a lot of times impacts the rest of their family ecosystem too. So it's almost like you have like a healthy cell and like there's like this like kind of cancerous dynamic and then one kind of comes over, gets healthy, and brings it back, and then everything gets healthy usually over time. Who follows? Right? And so you got to kind of like disconnect from the pattern to reconnect to it, which is so difficult. Okay? Also, being surrounded by people ahead of you. When you're surrounded by people who are better at skilled than you are, oh my God, I can never do that. They're so amazing, right? 
versus, holy shit, I'm going to learn from that person. I could never do intervention the way Tony Robbins does. Never could. But you better believe I watched him do intervention for hours and hours. I would go to his seminars just to watch interventions. And I would watch the audience and take it all in and go, okay, what's he doing there? And I'd figure it out. I'd get his programs. I'd reverse engineer how he did shit. Bless you. And then I would just go do it and tell people, I don't really know what I'm doing. Is that okay? And they said, okay. <laughs> and over time with practice, I started making my own distinctions. And I haven't taken in any of his work in probably six, six or seven years because I'm trying to have original thought. But there's a lot of original sort of seeds of what I do based on that work. And you know, when you're around someone who's way better at something than you are, and you have like any type of like imposter syndrome, oh my God, you're going to miss the opportunity to learn because you're too busy comparing yourself. Who follows? Versus like, I'm in the presence of someone who's a badass. I'm going to learn. Because Tony is very obvious, and when he says this, success leaves clues, right? When you're in the presence of someone who's a badass, study them. Study them. Don't be intimidated by them. Just study them because they just have a skill set, okay? And attachment-focused activities. I'm sorry, achievement. This is attachment. <laughs> achievement-focused activities, meaning anything where you have to achieve some shit, chances are imposter syndrome is going to come up because all of these things get down to approval. Big breath right there. So think about this. As you're starting to build your entrepreneurial skill set, if imposter syndrome is showing up, you can celebrate and say, oh my God, I really just want some love right now. And I would think that to be perfect to get it. Wow. Guys, I'm having a hard time. In which case, you can get your needs met through self-disclosure in a safe group and start to realize that if this is coming up, it's an opportunity to heal. It's not a reason not to move forward because you're always, if you have imposter syndrome, do the shit that makes you going to feel like a fraud. If you're going to feel like a fraud, can do that shit. Because I have a name for my fraud. I call him Rod. <laughs> Rod the fraud. And he's in there. He's like, are you sure? These people are going to find out who you really are. Right? And what's interesting about that is when you look at imposter syndrome, there's also this, like, this fraud thing. People who are actually frauds don't have that. <laughs> okay? Because they're sociopaths, okay? So they don't have that. They're like, I don't care. It's fine. I'm justifying it because of this, right? So people who have this, like, I'm worried about being a fraud thing, you also have integrity, meaning you want to take good care of people, and you're worried that maybe you can't because in the past, someone didn't meet your needs. Who follows? But that's not the case, okay? So I want to be very clear about that, okay? So is that helpful? Okay, cool. I wasn't in the original slides, but I added them as a response to what we're seeing in the Facebook. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.